This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. So every episode at the beginning of the show, I want to talk about different ghost stories, famous ghost stories, ghost stories that you submit to me. If you have any ideas for some good ghost stories, hit me up on social media at Roz Dresfales on all social media platforms. And you can give me some ideas because as of right now, I think I'm just going to stick with some of the greatest hits, some of those classic ghost stories. One of my favorites, of course. Is, base, is, the, is the story that inspired The Shining. We're talking, of course, about the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Is it Estes? E-S-T-E-S. How do you say that, Coloradoans? Emilio Estevez Park. <laughs> I don't think that that's real. I think if that was the case, then uh, the movie would have been called The Sheening. Sheening. Not Shining. Now, most famously, it is the inspiration for The Shining. Uh, In the movie, they call it the Overlook Hotel, of course. But it was not filmed. The movie The Shining was not filmed there, just to set the record straight. They used, for the movie The Shining, they used the uh, exterior was the Timberline Lodge in Oregon. And the interiors were in London in a soundstage. But Stephen King did film a 1997 adaptation miniseries for ABC in the Stanley Hotel. And you better believe they have both the miniseries and the movie in the gift shop from what I've been told. Oh, but here is a fun fact about something that was filmed there. 
It is the Hotel Danbury of Aspen, Colorado in the movie Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, that's the real Stanley Hotel. So here's how the story goes. Stephen King was having writer's block. We're talking about 1974. He had already done, I believe, Carrie, maybe Salem's Lot. He had done he had, he had done some writing, but he was having a little bit of, of writer's block. So he finds himself at the Stanley Hotel with his wife. So it's about to close for the season. And uh, he recalls being there. He recalls uh, being in the restaurant there. And there's really nobody else but he and his wife. All the other tables in the restaurant have their chairs stacked on top of it. Kind of a creepy vibe. And at that point, it was a, a pretty old hotel. And not in its heyday. Not doing too good in the 70s, that hotel. So he is staying in room 217 and he has a dream that his young son is being chased by a possessed fire hose in the hotel which made him instantly wake up he went outside to smoke a cigarette and by the time the cigarette is done he has come up with the entire idea see kids cigarettes can be a great thing just kidding i'm not i'm not going to be on the record saying that i did have a <laughs> I did have an uh, an acting teacher at one point that would call breaks in class and he'd be like, I'm going to go have a thinker. That's what he would say. I'm going to have a thinker. And that was, his, that was what he called smoking cigarettes. So Stephen King had a thinker and he thought up a real classic book that turned into a real, real iconic horror movie. Okay, so here's the history of the, uh, the real overlook known as the Stanley Hotel of Estes Park, Colorado. It was opened in 1909 by Freeland Oscar Stanley, inventor of photographic plates and the Stanley Steamer motor car. Stanley Steamer. If you if you are like me and you don't have a day job, you know you know Stanley the Stanley Steamer theme song, but I think it's not related. I'm not sure. Now, who are the ghosts there? Well, there are 142 rooms. They're about, you can get a room for about $190, but there is in room 428 a cowboy that was hanged for murder. Apparently he's around. Uh, in room 217, that's of course the most requested room because that's where Stephen King stayed and had his experience. But it's also where the ghost of a chambermaid named Mrs. Wilson often pokes men in the ribs if they're being messy. Well, she would not like me. That She better stay away from my ribs. I'm going to go in there in full drag. She won't know that I'm a man. It's also said that there are children that play in hallways. Creepy. Um, there's a perverted ghost named Lord Dunraven. He was an est... An et, I wish I knew how to say it. At an ESTS Park uh, landowner that died in 1926, and he's known to um, touch women as they unpack in room 401. Ew, Lord Dunraven. You dumb, Raven. Um, you guys can check out their website, the Stanley Hotel. I'm not going to lie. The, the website's kind of lit it like looks like a really beautiful place there's like a little bit of like floral carpet situation going on um that 
Uh, I maybe they should get a Stanley steamer up in there. Uh, no, it, it looks actually like a beautiful, beautiful hotel, and um, I think I'm going to stay there. Have you stayed there? Let me know. But today I am joined by truly one of my favorite people in the entire world, Sam Pancake, the actor and comedian, and he's going to talk to us about uh, a couple of different experiences that he's had over the years. Specifically, one. Well, I'll let him tell you. <laughs> If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm joined by my best friend in the entire world. He's an actor, he's a writer, he's a comedian. He's been seen on television shows like Will and Grace, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Arrested Development, The Mick. He's a star of stage and screen. He is Sam Pancake. Hello. Can I talk now? Yeah, you can talk. I should probably also mention that I was on Charmed and Angel, considering the uh, the contents and the subject of this podcast. Have you ever been in like a, a horror movie? I not not to the degree like the ones you and I like to watch, like a Conjuring or an Insidious or like an old school Halloween. I mean, I was in that movie. You're killing me with a lot of our friends, where I got brutally murdered by a psychopath, and it's kind of a creepy comedic dark movie about a killer more than a horror movie even though it's very violent i am the nun yeah okay i've seen that you're the nun no i saw that last week and i was having the none of it you're having none of it the i was having the none of it but you're a believer of ghosts right yeah i just i'm certainly a believer of energy and spirits i wish as you know as my dear best friend and little sister, brother, evil stepchild, 
Um, I grew up in a house that was built in 1799 in West Virginia. But of course, when it was built, it was in, in it was Virginia. It's that old, like pre-Civil War. And I was surprised there weren't more actual ghostly experiences in that house. It's my mother still lives there. You know, we all grew up there. My father grew up there. And, but it's um, always been in the family, right? That house has only been in the family for three generations. Um there's another big property and house that's been in the family since like the 1750s up the river from Mill Meadow, which is the house that my that I grew up in, um, in the estate. But like, we, I didn't. There has been little things that all of us have experienced in that house because certainly a lot of people have, not a lot, but more than one person has died there. My my grandfather killed himself there in the maid's Ooh. room, you know, which was his study room after it was the maid's room and he shot himself in the heart, you know, and he died there. And I uh, I remember one time, well, many times I was like, I wish granddaddy, because we, we lived in a different part of the state. And then after my grandfather committed suicide, my father took us and the six kids to live in the house that he grew up in. My grandmother moved out and we moved in. She moved into a smaller house in town. It's like, it's this big property like a mile outside of the town I grew up in. And so I was always like, oh, my God, well, what if it's haunted and there's spirits here? And because it was a big property with these outbuildings, an ice house, a pump house. There were there were this legend of the Indian doll. It was like a Nancy Drew story. Like to this day, we can't there's all these Indian relics, some buried on the property, some of which we've recovered, some we haven't. So it was like living in this childhood, you know, ghost mystery anyway. But I never had an experience with my with a ghost there that I felt like this is my grandfather visiting me. You know, I did have a few experiences, which we all did in that house of just I remember one time I was in the kitchen washing dishes and I felt this behind me and I jumped around and looked around and I just was like it was enough of an experience that I was like, that was something. You know, and I said to my mother later, I was like, I had I explained it to her. I said it was really creepy. My mother said, well, yes, Sam, it's a creepy house. <laughs> like, what do you expect? <laughs> it's like you've lived here for 46 years and she's tossing it off as if she just, you know, got there last week and it, it just, you know, discovered this. But something that happened to me. OK, here's the story. My family thought there was a ghost for years, but it turned out it was just me. So when I was a young buck, a young gay buck in high school in the 80s, I hated my daddy. Like, you know, I just had a lot of anger toward a lot of people, including my parents, as many of us did. And the fact that I was like, you know, this closeted little gay kid in rural southern West Virginia was not, you know, was not helping my <laughs> my psychology, my mental health any, and my emotional health. So my parents had the way the house was set up. There was like this. It was built on too many times. And it looks like this big grand, you know, like a big front porch with the white columns and it's white clapboard with the green shutters and four chimneys. And it's, you know, it looks very nice from the outside. But the inside had been built on a lot. So there were like windows between rooms. You could go from room to room and all these different levels. And and my bedroom and my parents bedroom and then the maid's room where my literally my grandfather killed himself was connected by this we called it the dressing room which is not how we think of a dressing room here in Hollywood but it was just like a it was basically a giant walk-in closet at the back of the house that my parents all their clothes were in and then one time 
And this also lines up, if anyone's doing a podcast called like Pyromaniac Kids, I could be on that too, because I set things on fire. That was, I guess it was another way of me releasing my anger. I set a field on fire, but that's that's for another day. That sounds so, like a great podcast. Yeah, thank you. I'm doing Pyromaniac it. Kids. <laughs> it's perfect for star burns. Kids burn the darnest <laughs> things. So I, my father had gotten all these like, all these white dress shirts back from the cleaners and they were laying, they were in the closet. And I just, I don't know what possessed me. I don't remember what I was specifically angry about, but I set them on fire. Maybe something did possess me. I remember getting matches and just lighting them and setting these shirts on fire and, and watching the clear plastic from the dry cleaners like crinkle up and then the shirts you burn. You burned down the whole house. Yeah, I know. I know. So, so then I put them out and I don't know how I got away with this, but then like it was became like these shirts were burned. And it became a mystery, and I, I don't think of myself as a good liar, but I guess I was then. Um, but it just was like I didn't know the degree that outside of me, my family, this became with to them this big legend. And then maybe ten years ago, because you know I'm deeply middle aged, we were all adults. We were back home one summer, all six of us, and. They start talking about the ghosts that set the shirts on fire and the ghost in daddy's dressing room and the, you know, the thing that melted the plastic instead of the shirts. And I was like, oh, y'all, that was me. And they were like, what? And it was like literally, I don't know if you've had, if you're old enough yet, Roz, to have these things in your life where like, it's like the end of Baby Jane, where it's sort of like, you mean all this time we could have been friends, but right, you learned this, right. this thing you've believed for decades is a lie. It was one of those experiences for my siblings. And they were like, all this time we've been telling people and thinking that there was a ghost. I'm like, the ghost was little gay me. Have you seen that really hot internet challenge right now where people put a sheet over a <gasps> child yes. and then they say a spell and then they take the sheet off and they act as if the child has disappeared? <laughs> That he's invisible. That child's yeah. going to remember that for the rest of their life. Oh, my God. It's. it's... I just saw one today of this um, Hispanic abuela, and she's not having it. And she takes the lid of a frying, or of a, um, like a big pot, and she whacks her grandson in the head, and he gets hurt. It was funny. Because she, he thinks he's invisible? Because she's just like, she's just over it. Everyone's telling her that she's invisible, and uh, maybe she believes it. I don't know. They did it to just, the grandmother? Yes. And oh, she's just like, oh, oh. oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, they were telling her she's invisible. Yeah, that's yeah. delicious. Oh, she's they're trying to pull that on an adult? I guess so. Come on, don't mess with that Abuelita, y'all. <laughs> so you said that you, you know, initially moving into this house, and uh, you, you were thinking that maybe there might be spirits of your grandfather around. So you always kind of believed yeah i mean growing up where i did and also there was a civil war battlefield on the hill behind our house it's still there now it's like a state park fort mill ridge i was always very deeply aware of the spirits and the history and the energy around stuff and there was a real like maybe maybe partially it was me but there was just a still like a real sense of melancholy and and sadness and i don't know if i ever told you this but my my sister does a lot of works with shamans a lot in the Lakota tribe in in Washington. They live. She and her partner live in Seattle, and she had this shaman that like went. This woman, she sounds amazing. She like goes into your dreams like mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger, but in a good way. And she went into that house and went to the closets and like found all this. I'm not going to go into the details because it's kind of depressing and sad and family oriented, but she like pulled out all this like energy that was very like dark and negative and, and uh, 
different things about the chimneys. It was, it was beyond ghosts. It was like this intense psychic energy that she somehow tapped into wow. through my sister's dreams. Because my sister, my older sister, Anne, who you've met, the writer, she writes about, she's a really gifted, celebrated short story and novel writer and novelist and writes about uh, our county and our state, West Virginia and other things. And it's very, very dense and lyrical literature. And so she's, she's real intense. So her brain has a lot more stuff going on up there than my little like, I'm on TV y'all ring, ding, ding, little ding, ding, ding. Let's go. Let's go be gay together. That is how you use my interior monologue. Yeah. I mean, that's what you did when you walked into the studio today. Basically. No, you acted today as if I had become, gone from invisible to visible because you thought I just <laughs> materialized. You, you did just like, kind of apparate. show up. I apparated like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have a ghost story. Yes. Let's hear it. Well, this was in 1990 or 91, and I worked at a casting facility um, as my day job. I was, I was starting to act and do commercials and stuff, and I worked at a casting facility down on Highland and, and Willoughby here in L.A., and um, we would rent f- studio spaces out to commercial casting directors. And my boss there was a woman named Joni, who I'm still good friends with. She lives in, she lives in Chicago now. And um, she and her roommate, Debbie, lived in this apartment building that's right at the corner of Griffith Park Drive and Los Feliz Boulevard. You can see it there now. It's white with yellow and gray trim on the northeast corner. So she lived there for a long time. And it's a building with probably about, I don't know, 20, 20, 20-ish units, I would say. And... They started having all these sounds in the kitchen that they thought were rats and mice. Pots moving around, stuff being slid around the counters in the kitchen. And they would go and check and nothing was there and they didn't have rats or mice. And then they started hearing stuff in the dining room, which was outside the kitchen. And this chairs moved around. And this just around. happened one day. Like they already lived there. They like, it's slowly, they lived there, they lived there for years. At least a couple, two or three years. I'd been to that apartment many times. Nothing. So the chairs would move around, and then it would start into the um, into the uh, living room. And they, I forget the specifics, but they were like, it was intense and ongoing enough. They're like, it's a poltergeist. There's a spirit here. We're being haunted. The stuff was moving around, and it became just kind of an annoyance. And so it would then it would happen every night, and just stuff moving around in the living room, and then slow. That's one of my questions for a paranormal expert: Why the nighttime? I hate that. Don't mess with me when I'm sleeping. But it seems like that's how it always has to be. I mean, but then aren't there also some examples of well, maybe because the night is dark and you know nocturnal things come out, and that's where spirits things feel that go bump in the night things that. You know, things that are from the other side feel more comfortable. I don't know. I'm not a ghost yet. Um, So then it got to the point where it was just an annoyance. Like I said, things moving around, chairs, uh, pots and pans banging really loudly. And then finally it got to the point where in the middle of the night they would hear like in their ears while they were sleeping. Because Debbie's bedroom was first in the hallway, and then Joni's bedroom was at the end of the hallway. Um, Wait, so what was the noise that they were hearing? He, the, This ghost would come up and... Wait, and what was the noise that you heard when you were a child, when you were in your kitchen? It was... So then what was the, what was the noise that Joni heard? 
I can't. It was like this whisper. It would whisper in their ears at night. <laughs> I like your face when you do it. I wish people could see your face. You're... Take a picture. It'll last longer. <laughs> You're gonna be such but a good ghost one day. I I'm, I can't wait to haunt the fuck out of you. But here's the thing about the one at my family's house is what you can't feel is the the air and the breath against the back of my neck that I felt. <sighs> That's what it was because I thought someone was like I thought one of my siblings snuck up on me. Right. But I still wasn't scared. It's it's weird because you're at home. But anyway, back to Joni's story. So then, I went over one time and they were in the thick of this going on, and I would hear about it every day or every other day what was going on in the house. And I went to go pick her up. We were going to go see my friend in a production of Comedy of Errors. I don't know why I remember <laughs> that, but I do because it was such a weird, a weird night. So I went up and she was still in her bedroom getting ready and I was sitting and she gave me a glass of water. It was on the coffee table and the glass of water just went and I'm, I'm making like a long V with my hand. And it wasn't that kind of thing where, you know, you can put a glass on a table and it's water wet, underneath it's and water, it slides. and it slides. At first I thought it was this, but it was like it kept going. It was like, it was like that was way more than... And it also was the feeling. It was the feeling mm-hmm. of like, oh shit, that wasn't just like... That wasn't just physics of like, you know, the condensation of the water. That yeah. was something else. From my experience, when a ghost moves something, it feels directed like it doesn't feel yes. like it's just sort of sliding it yeah. usually feels like it's going in a direction as if someone is pushing it yeah yeah uh yes so then i was like oh my god Joni, Joni, the glass just moved across the table and she's like yeah that's him he's just saying hello um so he's a him uh, well they they said it was a him i don't know why at this point they thought it was a him or maybe they just decided it was a him right but then it got so annoying and went on for so long that they had a um a psychic kind of priestess come over i forget the maybe shaman is the wrong word for that but like this woman that they knew came over and here's what had happened and i forget in terms of like how this story unfolded in real life when i got this information but here's what was going on in that apartment building Within a month, three people had died that lived there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there was a woman who died of cancer, and then her husband, so distraught from grief, committed suicide. In the building? Yes. I think I think he hung himself. And then within that same month, a younger guy slipped and fell in the shower and hit his head and died. Oh, my God. Uh, um, and the people- What are the chances? The cancer guy and the, and the woman, the woman with cancer and the- husband who survived the cancer then committed suicide lived right below them that's i might be a little off on that but it was one of the one of the people lived that died lived right below them and so i think that they Joni and debbie already knew that and suspected that's what was up and then when they had this woman come to the house to perform a ceremony she said she spoke to the spirit they had to they took salt and you'd pour salt along the bottom of all the doors, Mm -hmm. you know, the door jams and the window sills. And you wrap, this is the first time I heard about wrapping a space in ribbons of white light. They all laid on the ground with their heads together. They wrapped the apartment in ribbons and white light. What does that mean? You just envision white light going throughout the apartment, ribbons of white light. Um, Or just, you know, giant balls of white light. I don't know. I don't know how you slice your white light. You just got to... Smear it all over the apartment. Now, the question is, is there pepper? Uh, pep, salt and pepper's here, and we're in effect. Want you to push it good. Okay. You know, playing like by day Spinderella. And, by, and by night, working up a sweat. Hmm? Okay, so go back. So there's white so lights. So then the woman who was doing the ceremony spoke to the spirit, and it was indeed the man. 
of the woman who died because the woman who died had red hair like Joni had red hair and they were the husband of the, the husband yeah okay. the husband of the wife that died it was the husband doing it because Joni reminded him of the wife who died and I guess he was trapped there in his grief and sadness and then they asked him to leave and go but to where the was next his door. apartment Below, located. below oh, them below. Is, okay. is my understanding. I mean, again, it's been like 20, more than 25 years. But uh, yeah, and then he he went away and they never had a problem again. That is so scary to think that a ghost can not even die in your specific home, mm-hmm. but still find its way into your life. And that well, is a thing. Yeah, well, I think it's the energies of... He was drawn to Joni's spirit. Joni was and still is very bright and she's very beautiful and charming and bubbly and vivacious. She's French and Puerto Rican. She's from Miami. She's hilarious. She's like fun loving. She laughs a lot. She's got a very strong, positive energy. And maybe he was drawn to that. That's my guess. Especially if you are a spirit who's grieving. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're still a, a um, person that's very interested in ghosts, and the two of us actually went on a ghost tour once. <laughs> San Francisco. Oh my god, that was so fun. We went. We Highly did this recommend. trip a couple of years ago to San Francisco, uh, not really for any specific reason. I don't think we just wanted to get out of town. And go to Folsom. Oh, and go to the Folsom Street Fair, which and we, my friend Lauren lives up there, and we stayed with her. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and we ended up just going up there. We got to the Folsom Street Fair, which, if you don't know, is like a, a big S and M. Jamboree, and we were about 15 minutes into people hanging from the sky with wrapped in rope like a rotisserie chicken. Or a giant pen filled with adult babies. Oh, yeah, there were adult babies. Or a puppy pen. That's for a different podcast. Indeed. But I think the highlight of our trip was this ghost mm. tour that we just just decided last minute, I think, just to do. Or... Did, you must have found, found it online. That sounds like me. We, it's very much you. They start out, it's the Queen Anne Hotel, I think it's called. And yeah. you look it up. It's called San Francisco Ghost Tour, right? Ghost Hunt, maybe? Ghost Hunt. And it was this man that was... Such a great character. Such a character. He looks like one of the three grinning ghosts with the lanterns as you get in the Haunted Mansion That's in Disneyland. That's what he looked like. He was full regalia. Full regalia. Full regals. And he had a... Um, top hat. A top hat. And what do you... Like a lantern. A lantern. Like, like the ghost. lantern. Yeah. And we... Well, we started out in this old hotel that I can't remember the story... Something there were a lot there. of stories. There was a, a lot, lot of, of stories. A lot of orbs had been seen there. We got to explore the hotel. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the people staying there would have, would think about that. Could you imagine? And then we walked around the neighborhood, mm-hmm. uh, the specific part of San Francisco. Pacific I, Heights, mostly. Pacific Heights, yeah. And then he would tell us ghost stories. It was so good. Also, remember, it was a full moon. It was this time. It was like September. That's right. Like, I think, th- like 15, 2015, that I think. feels right. Yeah. So the guy, he told us a story about a woman that dabbled in the voodoo arts, mm-hmm. that had lived in the- I don't think she time. just dabbled. I think she was full on- Voodoo priestess. Full voodoo priestess status. And she lived in this house or She something? moved from New Orleans or the South to this house, house in Pacific Heights, which, which isn't there anymore. And she became the wealthiest African-American woman in history. I think even before Madam C.J. Walker, who was the, I think the first- African-American female billionaire who from hair products. Uh-huh. I think this woman predated her and she was, and she also kind of ran the town too. Yeah. And, but I think she, she was good. Like, I think she was a good 
Yes, for, I, from it, it's, I it's, um, yeah. Because he had this little item. Grigri doll? He had this little thing made of straw and it had it in his hand. He said it had been like from something on the property. And we got to each hold it. And well, make a wish. Make a wish. And then he held it. He did a few tricks. Remember the thing with the key? That was a, that was just was that, ma- was that magic. That was close up magic because was... it was extremely convincing. At one of the stops at the one of the houses he talked about, he had this key, and we all stared at it for so long and it started to move around. Do you think that was probably magnets or something? It was very convincing. It. I mean, I've been I've been to many birthday parties in my day. <laughs> Aren't I've, you popular? I'm very well known on the circuit uh, of sleight of hand magic. Party clown sleight of hand <laughs> circuit. That's your that's your arena. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the voodoo lady's house, he had this little like straw made little doll, like little tiny figure. Remember? Uh-huh. And we all got to make a wish. And then at the end of it, it danced around in his hand. It was now it was dark. It was night. It was a full moon. <laughs> we were under those trees where people got hanged. It was he just did give us those little uh, very dried out mushrooms to chew on before. Yeah, yeah, that was like a... So, and then the uh, lady started dancing. Yeah, little... she started dancing, and all the... I was staring at all the stars on your blouse, and they started moving, and then the trees gave me a kiss. And, and literally, I, the no, two it's... of us were like, we should do a podcast. Know, yeah, we, we did, did say that. We didn't do, we didn't do mushrooms, though. We, we did. didn't do mushrooms, Not but that night. I don't remember <clears throat> a little doll dancing, but... That little thing he had in his hand that we all made a wish on, it spun around in his hand like that key did. Oh. I just distinctly remember that and then here's the thing and this is so like tr- proves what hollywood trash i am i literally hadn't worked in a minute and i do you remember this and i made I the do. wish i was like when i get back to town within a week i want to get a job offer for something and within almost a, it was exactly a week because we did that on a friday and i went to this play a week later ran to this one of the casting people at nbc and she was like oh we have an offer out to you and i got this recurring part and then the when i did the first recurring part it um was the show was canceled the next week i should have made a, a more have been a, you have bulletproof to be wish with your voodoo wishes i i was I, I i was specific i needed to be more elaborate more detailed i guess mm. yeah i've been ghosted too Okay, so I asked people on my social media, at Roz Dress for Less, but you already follow me. Mm. I asked people, hey, do you have ghost stories? Send them to me, and we're going to talk about them on the air. Cool. So here's one that I got from uh, a gal named Tracy. Hey, Trace. She says, hey, this is my experience with a ghost who I named Victor. Mm. I feel like a ghost would not like it if you give them a name that they don't have. I feel like... If I was a ghost, if I was a ghost, I wouldn't. I'd be so mad. No. First of all, don't misgender me and don't misname me. <laughs> okay. I lived in a really old and rundown building that was built in 1900. When I moved in, a neighbor told me that there were spirits in my apartment. The neighbor told me that there were spirits in my apartment and that I should sage it. That's so scary to think, like when a neighbor like warns you. I was living with my ex and didn't feel anything, but then, wait, she didn't feel anything with the ex or she didn't feel anything, whatever. I was with my ex and I didn't feel anything, but then they moved out and I immediately felt the energy in the apartment shift. One night, I woke up in the middle of the night and saw a shadowy figure at the foot of my bed. I was scared, but told myself it wasn't real and forced myself to go back to sleep. A few nights later, 
few nights later, while I was asleep, I felt something brush up against my foot, <sighs> but made myself put it out of my mind. This happened a few more times over the course of a few weeks, where I felt something lightly touch my foot. A few nights later, I was awoken by my sheets and blankets being peeled off my feet. Like in that video we saw. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. One by one, and then my feet being rubbed. Okay, that sounds nice. Rubbed or robbed? Rubbed. Oh, her feet were robbed. They were removed from me, (laughs) burglarized. I would love a ghost to rub my feet. Do you know the heels I I wear? I don't know the ghosts. Listen, it all feels the same in the dark. You know I say that all the time. Gross. It was so scary. I still think about it to this day, and I can't find a logical explanation for why that would happen. I started sleeping scrunched in a ball or on an angle so that my feet wouldn't hang over the edge. Then I found a new apartment. Oh, the gosh. end. The end. Again, with the nighttime, I just don't want to be disturbed when I'm sleeping. Do you have that thing where, like, you can't sleep with your feet out of the covers? Because I still have that. I kind of don't. Yeah, I don't like I that. I have to have them covered up. And if it happens at night and I don't know about it, which is rare, it's fine. But, like, I can't just have that. Something's going to grab it, y'all. That's true. Isn't that funny that we think that? Because mm. that, that's probably what I'm thinking the whole time when I'm covering my feet. Okay, here's another one. This one comes to us from Lindsay. Hey, Lindsay. So this isn't necessarily a ghost story, but scary as all get out. When I was 10, my mom went back to school to get her Ph.D. in anthropology. Her first term at school, she came home after a long day and crashed in bed. Being a 10-year-old scaredy cat, I slept in the room with her. She was awoken in the middle of the night by a man standing at the foot of her bed, wearing interesting clothes and speaking to her, but she couldn't understand him. Naturally, she was super spooked and shook me awake so that we could escape from the intruder. When she looked back to the spot, he had disappeared without a trace. Months later, she was doing field work for the first time in a Central African village. Who did she see but the same man in her room? When she asked her interpreter who it was, he said quietly, That's a well-known sorcerer. He's a powerful and dangerous man and is known to jump through people's dreams. It's like the shaman that your sister knew. Isn't that weird? Wow. Who are these dream jumpers? Well, her name's Sarah. She lives in eastern Washington. Oh, that the shaman? I think that's her name. Can I put a sheet over you and say a spell real quick? Sure. Okay, so one last thing that I want to do before we go is I want to play a fun little game called EVPs or EV Please. (laughs) Girl. EVPs or EV Please. So if you don't know what an EVP is, it is electronic voice phenomena. It's that thing that they do on those, um, a lot of those ghost shows. Ghost hunters, ghost adventures. And everything's in that green Mm -hmm. filter because it's nighttime. And then there's a lot of, something just touched me. Night vision. And then they they do this thing uh, where they record voices and... Sometimes it doesn't really sound. I don't know if voices is the word I'd use. But sometimes they sound pretty, pretty accurate. They just, they don't, they sound paranormal. They don't sound normal. That's true. Para means what? More than? 
Uh, it means four in Spanish. Oh, see, I know so that. So it's four normal. Okay, four of the normals. So this first one, this was posted on YouTube by an account named Spirit Investigators. Mm-mm. This is from years ago, 2010, they posted this. It was in a church. Several sightings of an apparition of a woman had been record- reported, along with paranormal activity predominating predominating in a particular room at the site. Okay. We decided to set up our equipment there in order to investigate. What you're about to hear will amaze you. So it starts out with an investigator saying, Meredith, did you used to go to church here? And this is what they hear. Meredith... Okay, now I'm gonna have I'm gonna play it again for you, and I want you to guess what Meredith said. Okay. Here, one more time. Okay. Meredith, did you used to go to church here? One more time. I want a Shasta. That's a good guess. I'll give you a couple of options. Was it A, I wrote on Catfish, you know that TV show? Okay. Was it B, I can vogue like Katniss? You know Katniss Aberdeen. I'm familiar. I've read the books. I've seen the movies. Was it (laughs) your submission C, I I I want a Shasta? I want a Shasta. Or D, and yes, it definitely was D. I'm a Roman Catholic. She used to go to church there. She's a Roman Catholic. Oh, okay. I mean... I didn't really let you guess, but... No, you didn't. You can hear it. Oh, I can hear that. But I mean, it's that thing of like, I'm not doubting that it's not a spirit and Meredith didn't say that. I'm just saying, who decided that's what she said? Because we've seen these ghost shows... Spirit investigators on YouTube did. (laughs) Um, but you and I have watched those things. We're like, did you hear that? They said no. Yeah. Or that one with Joan Rivers. I was like, I'm hot. It's hot here. Like, who? I mean, it can be. Uh, it's open to interpretation. Okay. Well. However, I will say this. It's, it's a voice from the other side of, of the, you know, the veil. It don't sound like a person. Here is one more. And this, I believe, was taken in a club. A club. It says... During remodeling of the current site, workers witnessed a full-body apparition of a girl in a white dress that walked through the wall and vanished. Mm. Historical research revealed that there had been a tragedy of several fatalities on the original site. And this is what they hear. It starts with someone saying, uh, do you have names you can give us? Do you have names you can give us? Okay. That was very brief. We're going to listen one more time. Let's hear what those names were. You have names you can give us. Okay, let's listen one more time. You have names you can give us. Okay, this time I'm going to read all four options. Okay. Was it, so they say, do you have names you can give us? Was it A, no, you hoe. Was it B, Joe and Clarissa. C, Doritos. Or was it D, It was D. 
It was actually B, Joe and Clarissa. Well, I assume that's what it was going to be the answer because it's it's those are names. But who decides it's Joe and Clarissa? The, were those people in question? Were they like looking for Joe and Clarissa? I think that they must have been looking for Joe and Clarissa. And okay. so they like to think they found it. I that's think a that's little an bit, Evie, please. Please. I was going to say it's an Evie, please. Evie, please. Well, Sam, we're about uh, at that point where we have to wrap things up. I'm not going anywhere. Final question. My final question <laughs> for you. When you die, will you visit me? If I'm able to make your life... Assuming you die before me. If I'm able to make your life... Well, I'm, I'm creeping toward the end of my days. Let's face it. Look at me. If I'm able to make... If I'm able to come back and make your life just a little bit more difficult, I certainly will. I don't think that's possible. Amen. Sam, tell everyone <laughs> where they can find you. On Instagram, you can find me at the Sam Pancake, and on Twitter, you can find me at J Sam Pancake, and you can follow me on Facebook. Also, if you could listen to my podcast called Sam Pancake Presents the Monday Afternoon Movie, and sometimes there's kind of spooky movies that you they're talk all spooky. About they're oh yeah, they're all spooky. And, they're all horror and supernatural movies, TV movies from the 1970s. You did the podcast, often featuring, almost always featuring a female lead. Yeah, <laughs> I love doing it. Oh, thank you so much for listening. As always, I want to hear your ghost stories. So here's how you can get them to me. Please write a review. Give me five stars first, though, or I'm not reading your story. You got to give me five stars first. If you like the show. If you didn't like the show, you wouldn't care about me reading it. So anyway, give me five stars, please, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Himalaya, or anywhere that podcasts are found in any place you could give me a fabulous rating. And I want to read your story on the air in a future episode. Also, if you have had an EVP experience, if you have captured the voice of a ghost... Send it to me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. Be sure to tell me a little bit of a backstory and what you think the ghost said, and me and my guests will try to figure out if that's true or not. Please help my childhood dream come true of becoming an Instagram celebrity by following me at Roz. Dresfales on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. I have a Facebook page. You can find out some live appearances on there as well. I love you all so much. Thank you for listening, both living people and dead people. You mean the world to me. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! <laughs>